Hello and welcome to What's the Worst That Can Happen, the Eurovision podcast that aims to delve into the competition and shine a light on the quirky side of the contest. Today I'm joined by co-host Alex Ward. Good day. And our guest today is American Eurofan Zach. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Are you doing okay, Alex? Other than losing total track of time today, and I'm fantastic. Perfect. So with that, let's take it away. 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 Today we're traveling to the furthest east the contest has ever been hosted, to the land of fire, Baku, Azerbaijan. 2012 was held in Azerbaijan after their win in the previous year with the song Running Scared. 43 countries were scheduled to per- to compete, however only 42 did, as Armenia withdrew at the last minute due to tensions between the two countries. So guys, what are some of our favourites from this year? Um, obviously we have the winner Euphoria, which... Obviously, it's a classic, um, and it's maybe one of the greatest Eurovision songs of all time. But what are some of our other favorites? Do you want to start, Zach? Yeah, sure. So, aside from Euphoria being my winner, and I'm not afraid to be basic like that, I think a massively underrated song is actually Ukraine's Be My Guest. Uh, for me, that's one of the most fun songs of the year, and it's it's a good mix of catchy and campy, and it's it's maybe even a better like football anthem than half of the World Cup anthems that we've had. Like, I, I kind of wish that that had been a World Cup anthem because it's just I don't know, it's iconic to me. It's actually one of my favorite Ukrainian entries, and I can't even explain why I love it so much other than it just kind of fills you with joy when you listen to it. Mm-hmm. So I definitely love that one and think it's underrated. Definitely, definitely. Um, Alex Ukraine, were you a fan of it? I really like this song because it's a niche category of songs that are named after Disney songs that aren't Disney songs, and that's that's always fun. <laughs> but um, no, it was really good up tempo dance song. I I used to have that on one of my. Um, Eurovision favourites playlists but I think once I did the eventual migration like everyone else from physical music to streaming it got lost onto Spotify and I have absolutely no idea if I have it on there now but no I I really do like that song I remember uh, watching 2012 at the time thinking that's one of my favourites that is in my top five I have that fourth on my top five Nice. I love to see the appreciation. I feel like a lot of people just, because it got kind of just pushed towards the end of the show, I feel like a lot of people either it wasn't their thing or they just forgot about it. I never really hear it talked about as much. Yeah. Um, For me, one of my favorites is Romania. Uh, Love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a fun song. It is. It's so fun. It's so upbeat. It's so catchy. Also, it's in Spanish and English. Yes, I do. Well, I, I always love it when countries pick a language that isn't theirs. Yes, I yeah. know a lot of countries do English, but like when Austria sing in French, in this case, mm-hmm. Romania are singing in Spanish. It, there's something about that that's just so different that I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
And speaking of that concept, I was also thinking about Finland singing in Swedish that year. Yes, I, I can't remember the song. I know they didn't get through the semis. That one, uh, now, sorry, I don't know Swedish, but Nariog Blunder, maybe mm-hmm. is how you pronounce it. But uh, it definitely, well. yeah, I feel like that should have been in the final. And I think it was interesting, like you were talking about how, I mean, I know they have a strong connection and in some places of Finland, they speak in Swedish anyways, but it's it's cool to see someone bring Swedish back to the competition, seeing as Sweden itself is Sweden interested. <laughs> Uh, Alex, did you have what was some of your favorites? I really enjoyed Italy. Uh, that's my fifth favorite, Italy. This one is still amongst my, just one of my favorite songs uh, ever in Eurovision. Uh, and I believe it was one of the first times, was it like this year or the year before that Italy finally returned as part of the Big the Five? Yes. And ever since they've come back, I've always loved what Italy do, up until the exception of this year, but obviously we didn't have the contest anyway, so we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> but, um, no, I I really enjoyed um, Nina Zilli. Uh, I'm not going to attempt to say it in Italian because I just me and me and languages do not go well together. <laughs> I agree. I think this song was amazing, and I I hate to be one of the people that sound like a broken record when they say this, but yes, Amy Winehouse vibes. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Having said that, Amy Winehouse is one of my favorite artists, so of course I love it. Like it's not. I don't feel like she was trying to copy her or anything. I just feel like she gave off that vibe, and it it worked really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Italy is one of my favorites as well. As in, is every year. Um, I think every year that we've done that Italy has been competing I have mentioned them in my top five. Oh, yeah absolutely um, just because they just bring class to the the contest they're a powerhouse and I am glad they came back because I can't imagine the 2010s without Italy to be honest yeah it's, it would be hard to imagine the comp the contest without Italy um competing well we uh, say that but um 20 so 2012. Uh, was the last year that Turkey took place. Mm-hmm. Yes. And listening back to that song, I know a lot of people like it. I can't stand it. And it did It did really well. Thank you. I'm glad I'm not the only one feeling that way. Yeah, I'm not I a have, huge fan of, of uh, Love Me Back. I have Turkey as an honourable mention, just because it was their last year competing. Um, and the song itself is okay. It's it's catchy. Well, it's kind of catchy and upbeat. The only thing I like about it is what the sort of the way they're playing with bed sheets on a stage to make it look like they're in a boat. Yeah, that, that was pretty cool. That was really cool. Yeah, I will admit that. Yeah, we can all agree to disagree with the song itself, but with the staging, we can all agree. It's clever. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. Another of my favorites is uh, Cyprus La La Love. And I know this is quite a, a common um, opinion to have because, especially on Twitter, you see everybody ranting and raving about La La Love all the time. Um, so I feel pretty basic saying it. But it is just a good song. It is, isn't it? I mean, 
yeah, people can say that pop-ups don't have soul all they want, and that's fine. But, I mean, sometimes you just want a good song, like, to dance to or to drink with your friends to. And La La Love is just, I don't know, it's fun. Mm -hmm. It's not taking itself too seriously. And to finish 16th as well um, that year seems a bit harsh. I agree. It's a little low. Yeah. At least near 10th. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And I understand why Greece and Cyprus came exactly next to each other, but I'm very glad that Cyprus came out at, on top by one point. <laughs> one, yeah, yeah, one with, point. With Cyprus, that is the standard Europop dance song for me. It's got the whole Mediterranean sound. It's just, it's fun. It's memorable. I, I am surprised that it didn't come any higher, but I'm glad it beat Greece because, in their defence, they normally send the same song. Um, I believe when we were talking about 2008, we mentioned that the top three songs basically had the same sound, and we we felt like it split the vote between them to let I think Russia win. Absolutely. And this case here. Who's just you've got a very similar sound with um Romania, Cyprus, Greece, Ukraine. They're all a bit similar to me, which is probably why I like them. That is my style of Eurovision song. It's something I could just imagine lying on the beach listening to it. Yeah, you could, there's someone in a bar next to you has got a loudspeaker and this sort of song plays all day whilst you've got your ice cold margarita sat on the Costa del Sol. You don't know what the words are, but you're living for it. You're living for it, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Just living your best life. That's what that is. It is. La La Love is living your best life. It is. And with rumors of Evie perhaps coming back for Cyprus next year, I'm very excited. Are we going to combine the success of La La Love and Fuego to finally see a Cypriot win? Who knows? We're planting the seed, though. Yeah. I hope so. It would absolutely be amazing to go to Cyprus for Eurovision. Oh, I'd love it. I'd love it. Somewhere nice and sunny. Mm -hmm. I love the Nordics, it, but yeah. They've had enough. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice, but quite cheap I want well. somewhere cheaper. That's it. You know, the Scandinavians <laughs> are lovely, but come on. <laughs> quite a bit more expensive. Yeah. Like 5,000 krona for a beer. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> now, did you have any more favorites from this year? Um, I am a huge Jelko Yoksimovic fanboy. I mm -hmm. love every entry he's either sung or written. I am a big Serbia and Balkan fan in general. So to see him come third was fantastic and heartbreaking at the same time because I think he deserves second um, but Nia Lubavsvar is just everything that I want in like an ethnic creative song I mean yeah it has like the trope of the, the old traditional folklore instrument that no one's heard before but it's I don't know it's just it's so great to see someone come out on stage and just do what they love like you can tell every song that he writes and performs he just feels it really intensely and he loves it 
And it's just fantastic to see him sharing Serbian culture on stage with us. Like, I just, I love everything about it. It is always good to have at least a few songs in their native language. Um, and Serbia was one of those that did it well. Um, like you say, it's just an ethnic sounding song and it, it just it sounds good. I would, third, um, I don't know where I would place it. I, I'm a fan of Party for Everybody, I have to admit. <laughs> That's fair. That's um, fair. So I feel like third is fair. Yeah. Um, although I don't know if I would have Azerbaijan so high up because I'm a bit of an Azerbaijani hater. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, ever since they won with Running Scared, I yeah, yeah. I've always had a slight dislike towards their entries. Yeah, I understand. I, I think what I want from Azerbaijan is less buying ready-made songs from Sweden and more showing us who you really are because I mean it's fine if you want to sing in English but if the artist never has any other song in English they don't actually speak it it feels super performative like you're just trying to relate to as many people as possible for votes and the yeah. fact that the only Azeri we've ever had in the contest is actually this year from Bulgaria the little phrase in the chorus of Love Unlimited by Sofia Marinova. And yet Azerbaijan's been in the contest since, what, 2008? And we have yet to see Azeri from them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Come on, Azeri. Come on, Azerbaijan. Bring in some Azeri. Please. I would love it. Um, Let's see what else I had. I had, obviously, Sweden. Um... But I mean, we will talk about Euphoria later because we can't not talk about 2012 and not talk about Euphoria. Exactly. Um, I also had Lithuania Love is Blind as an honorable mention because Donny Montel was one of my gay awakenings. <laughs> I support that. Um, yeah. It's... Oh. Uh, his little dance move, and yeah, it just it got me every time. Yeah, him doing his one-handed flip and yeah, his little gyrations. Yeah, quite impressive. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> I do prefer his 2016 song. I'll say. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree there too. Yeah. He all, he sort of came back. He went from twink to daddy. He did. He did. He spent some time working out, and the songwriter spent some time creating an anthemic chorus. And he was like, "I'm, I'm back for blood." I'm back for blood. Yep. Y'all ain't ready for this. Exactly. Uh, Alex, what were some of your other favorites that you had? So, out of my five, we've we've pretty much mentioned all of them already. Uh, I've got Italy, Ukraine, Romania, Cyprus, and of course, Sweden. Mm -hmm. um, you said at the beginning, it, it, you have you can't be basic and not talk about Sweden, um, but we'll save that for later on. Things that other, I quite enjoyed Malta just for their um, little foot shuffle. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah, was. the song itself isn't particularly memorable, but the whole I love a choreographed dance move. I'm a sucker yeah. for it. You know, my whole lifelong obsession with steps is basically that. Um, and, of course, Russia, 
the little grannies, the fake oven on the stage. <laughs> uh, the only person older on stage, obviously, is Engelbert, but it doesn't matter. You've got your grannies. <laughs> well, the combined age of those grannies was over 500. Oh, my oh God. it showed. Don't worry. And oh. that was nearly as old as Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> We love them for it. They tried. Yeah, they tried. I That's wonder why if, like, it, it was cute and it was entertaining. It was. Yeah, it was. It was kind of. It's kind of the essence of love, love, peace, peace. Whenever they're just like hugging each other at the end, they're. Mm-hmm. It's they're. They're just so cute. Like I don't. I don't love the song, but I love them. Yeah, a Russia knew exactly what they were doing when they sent them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, the higher powers knew that this could uh, unite us, uh, get people on our side. You can't not hate. You can't hate grannies. You can't hate uh, little grandmas. Yeah, exactly. You can't say anything bad about them. Like even mm-hmm. even though I don't love the song, I would never say anything bad about them. Mm-hmm. Also, the song was not in Russian. It was in Udmurt, I think, which is like a dialect of Russian. Um and English, so that's another one for singing. In, I suppose it's not uh, it's not quite like Romania singing in Spanish, since it's a, a like a a native dialect. But it's another uh, example of a country not singing in the traditional language. The the main um, I do love whenever anyone like debuts a language even if i mean i didn't even realize it was but that's really cool anytime we get any new sort of language in the contest i'm i'm all for it mm-hmm. oh, yeah, absolutely. A bit of language yeah. diversity is great yeah it's got i know for many years the french have um disparaged the fact that it's just so english now uh, they obviously they call it anglovision uh, to take the mick out of it because over the years, less and less countries sing in their native language. And to be fair on the French, it was them that protested to get the rules changed again so that anyone could sing in any language. But um, we've got so many different cultures and nations represented that when you get someone that does go against that grain, and I think that it could be why the Balkans do so well when they send their entries, because... A lot of them do refuse to sing anything but national or regional languages, and that is mm-hmm. always appreciated. It's like I think, would I like it if the UK were to ever send a an artist who sang Welsh? Um, I I think it would be great. I I don't think it would go down well in terms no. of Eurovision. We've seen um, that in Junior Eurovision, unfortunately. <laughs> well, those songs they haven't been very good either. But given the BBC's track record of sending quality songs, I wouldn't say, yes, we could send a great Welsh singer and a great Welsh artist, but it would be a terrible Welsh song because it's from the BBC and that's just what they do. Mm -hmm. They would ruin it somehow. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I... It would be really nice to see some language diversity from the BBC. Um, even from Ireland, they've not sent a song in Irish for over forty years. Yeah, um, I want Irish back so badly. And that's something that I feel like 
Italy do so well, they, they're not afraid to, and France as well, they're just not afraid to sing in their own language. Yeah, they like, just sort of go against the trend and think, well, we're Italy, we speak Italian, so we're going to sing in yeah. Italian. We, we're, we're fr- I know the French have been the most stubborn out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's only the last couple of years where they have really... If they sing normally, if they sing it in something in English, it's because the song is more of a piss take. Whereas mm-hmm. now the songs where they have a mixture of French and English, they're more serious songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think Spain and Portugal are two countries that also um, stick to their own language in Portugal, in particular, not just their language but their style of music. And I hate yes. that they never get really recognized for it i mean yes i'm on Pelos choice is the winner with the most points in the history of the contest and that's fantastic but every other year that they send kind of these moody artistic like i can't put my finger on it because i'm not really well versed in portuguese culture but it just feels very portuguese everything that they send it is but honest, it. you can only, you can only do so much with fardo before it gets tiresome that's true that's it's true. like if what we could send, I don't know, do send, send some Morris dances in the background and everyone look at it going, well, it's British culture. And then everyone just go, well, it's also really boring. <laughs> so you can, you can, uh, in defense of um, what the Portuguese do, yes, they send some really emotional songs over the years. And obviously a lot of it is Fardo, but most of them are just forgettable. Whereas with um, Salvador Sobral, that song was emotional but memorable. And mm-hmm. I think that's the knack to do it. If you're going to sing in your own language, do something that's so memorable and stands out. That's the thing. If you're going to sing in your own language, the message has to be very strong to come through. Um, it's something that I was thinking about with the song The Voice, uh, the Irish winner, mm-hmm. would that have had the same power if it was in Irish? Um, because people, this is a song about the famine and the struggles of Ireland. Um, that may have not come through if, it, if people didn't understand it. So it would have had, the message would have had to been very powerful for it to be, you know, translated. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And that also brings me to the fact that rounding out my top five of this year are two women with powerhouse vocals that I felt gave really emotional performances, and that's Albania and Spain. Mm-hmm. So, I, uh, yeah, Albania with Seuss, even though everyone, yes, she got the Barbara Dex Award and she deserved it for the weird snake braid that came down onto her chest. Still don't understand that. But just like the pain in her voice and in her facial expressions. It was, I don't know. It was, it was feeling the song and like acting in a way that's not really matched by anything that I can think of. Mm. She, yeah. She, um, I like to remember that song is the screaming women. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it is a massive mood, just the amount of screaming that she's doing. Um, but yeah, it is, I can understand why, it came so high because again it's like albania they're singing in albanian they're going against the trend it's a really powerful and emotional song um when you have all of these other sort of cheesy not cheesy but like happy 
bops. It kind of goes against the trend. Um, For sure. Obviously, you still have Sweden win, but I think they did the, the dance song differently to somebody like Cyprus um, or Russia. So, speaking about Sweden, will we go on to Sweden? Will we talk about Lorraine? Absolutely. I just love her so much. (laughs) Alex, I'll let you start. (laughs) Everything about the performance, going through the songs, Sweden just stood head and shoulders above the rest in terms of the quality of the song, the way she performed it, just everything, really. Um, That... Out of the songs from that, uh, with the exception of, say, Cyprus or Greece, where you, as, as we said, sat on a beach abroad, hear that type of song, Euphoria was the only song you probably hear on the radio in the UK. Or if you're, I remember from 2012, my first year of university, going out to Freshers and all these other bars and things, you'd hear that song on Nights Out. You would hear that wherever you went. And I think that is the difference between a Eurovision song and just a good song overall. If you hear it in places that you don't expect to hear songs from Eurovision, you know it's a cut above the rest. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, and Euphoria is a cut above the rest uh, when it comes to just... I think even now, um, it's something that you could still see yourself here in in nightclubs and things like that at freshers and um yeah it's such a a radio-friendly song um and it's one of the most radio-friendly songs that Eurovision has seen yeah I think there's a reason why it tops the list of 250 top songs every year year after year after year because it's just that good yeah it is that good. And it's something that brings people together. I mean, if you were in a room full of Eurofans and you put on Euphoria, immediately everyone's going to start singing. Mm-hmm. It's just something yeah. that everyone knows. Uh, yeah, um, it's something that everybody knows and everybody loves as well. I don't, I don't see much. I mean, I know that it's out there, but I don't see much Euphoria hate. Or I haven't seen it. Maybe I'm just blind to it. Or have, have, you, have you seen it? Well, the hate is that it's overrated. It's not even that it's a bad song. Or not overrated, but overexposed. So, like, you can't... They can't even... Well, I shouldn't say... I haven't seen people say anything bad about the song itself. They're mostly upset that people love it so much. Which, again, just speaks to how good it is. Yeah. Yeah, even in hate, it's still showing how good it is and how classy it is. Exactly. And the the great thing about Loreen as an artist is that Euphoria isn't even my favorite song by her, nor my favorite Melfest entry by her, and yet it's still my favorite winner and my favorite ESC song of all time. Like That just shows how... I mean, I just think that she's a phenomenal artist and the way that she stages her performances and the way that she creates her songs and she just crafts this visual audio experience it's phenomenal she's one of the best well-rounded artists i think that i've seen on the esc stage up there with aminata and loic notet are my three top three favorite just like all-around artists 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the she is one of she's a great artist, um, and even, like you say, Euphoria isn't even one of her best songs. Well, it's one of their best songs, but it's like she has other songs that are up there with Euphoria, mm-hmm. if not better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, this has been a, a sort of circle jerk around <laughs> Euphoria <laughs> for the past five minutes. Um, yeah, but it's so, it's absolutely deserved. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Um, now, if people haven't couldn't tell by your accent, you're American. Yes. Um, what got you into Eurovision? So I believe I have to thank Spotify and the lovely Discover Weekly playlist that it puts together every week. Uh, It's not always the best, but I did end up a couple years ago getting Croatia 2016 Lighthouse by Nina Kraljic on there. And I don't know something about the, like her vocals on that and the way that it built and the key change it was everything that I loved and I listened and I listened and I listened and finally I was like who is this woman where is she from and I discovered what Eurovision was and that was just in time for the 2017 contest I believe um so I didn't have a really reliable way of watching it but I followed along online and then just kind of fell in love from there and decided with my husband that we wanted to go one day. So we ended up going to semifinal one in um, Portugal in 2018. Um, And yeah, just kind of fell in love, started watching everything that I could about Eurovision from there. And how is it that you got involved online with, within sort of the Euro fandom um, on Twitter? So that was also quite an accident. So um, this year with lockdown being a thing and then Eurovision being canceled, obviously just being bored and looking for things to do. um, I think my husband actually found the hashtag ESC radio after party. Um, And I had a Twitter account, but I I had started it for a food blog and I was mostly focused on Instagram. I wasn't paying attention to Twitter at all. I had probably like 30 followers and I never said anything. Um, So I just went on and I started liking people's tweets from this because it gave a a sense of community that everyone was listening to ESC radio at the same time. I kind of love that. Um, And then people started following me from there and I'm like, why would you follow me? I haven't tweeted in three years. But then I, I just started following people back and grew and then became a part of um, a group of Americans that ranked the contests and just kind of went from there. Nice, nice. And um, so it's ma- mainly all by chance that you found Eurovision and found this thing that's a massive part of your life now. It was. It was a series of happy accidents. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite year from all of the years you've watched? My favorite year song-wise is 2015. Um, and I, I have seen a lot of hate recently for the production quality of 2015. And I'll admit that there are some things that could be improved upon. But when it comes to songs, I just think 
that year. I mean, whenever I went to rank that year, it was so hard because my top 16 I wanted in my first. So when you get down to like the 20s, we're still at songs that I really, really love. Right. Okay. So that's that's why 2015 is... Yes, I will favorite. say that. And I also love the stage design. I know that people aren't a huge fan of it, but... I absolutely love it too, so don't you worry. You're not alone on that one. Okay, good. <laughs> Isn't that the year that you went, Alex? Yeah. yeah. I, but I think that's probably more why I'm like that, because it is the nostalgia of me being there. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Are, are you sort of similar with the... Uh, I know Alex went to Portugal 2018 as well, but Zach, are you similar in this nostalgia that that contest has for you i yes completely because being able to watch that and know that i was in the arena and i wasn't there for the final but i saw some of the the acts performing and i was there for semi-final one which was my favorite of the two semis so even the acts that didn't go through i just i loved getting to see them so yeah no 2018 brings back some great memories for sure that's great you know, you've you've been a fan quite it's quite recently. Uh yes. you, um and you've already made it to a Eurovision. Um I have I'm yet to make it to one. Hopefully next year happens. Yes. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm really hoping so. Um because I'm booked to go there. But not not to the contest itself, but to Rotterdam. So I will be in the same city as it. Um Hopefully we can get some tickets to go, but yeah. So I've got my fingers crossed. Yes, I hope it works out because even just not, even not being able to go to the contest, there's still the atmosphere of it being a festival, and you have the Eurovision Village, and just I don't know. It's it's great to be in the city, even when you're not in the contest. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you went to semi-final one. What was your favorite song from that semi-final? Because obviously you had Netta and Eleni yes. in that same semi-final. <laughs> yeah. um, like, what What was that like being there? Um, it was fantastic, and the energy was so strong, um, especially during Eleni's performance. Eleni's performance got quite hot with all the pyro that she used. It was... Truly, she was bringing Cypress to us. Um, but that was, yeah, that was magnetic, watching everyone dance to that. Um, and then also, I don't think people, I don't think a lot of people would expect it, but when Greece was on stage with Oniromu, a lot of people had, either they had memorized the words or the sounds that they thought were the words. I don't know how many people actually spoke Greek, but um, yeah, it was something that brought a lot of people together, which I wasn't totally expecting. I mean, I loved the song, but, and I was crushed to see it not qualify, but just the way that she could uh, bring people together with a language that they don't speak was really something. Mm. And you also had the box that was uh, Iceland, our choice, obviously. <laughs> Obviously, no no one took a, a beer break for that, I, I assure you. <laughs> <laughs> what semi-final was it that you were at, Alex, in Portugal? I went to both semi-finals okay. and um, the jury final. 
Okay. So you really got the, the full experience. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Now, the first semi-final, my favourite song is still um, Cross My Heart by Eisel. Um, the downside is it's for Azerbaijan. But, <laughs> that, yeah, that, that I think that was my favourite song from that one. I did love that. And one of the funny things about that was being able to see her, like, run frantically from platform to platform. Yeah. Which, I mean, that just showed me that some of the things that you miss whenever you're watching it on TV and like watching Alina Necheva jump out of her dress and she's just wearing like jeans that she bought at the mall while she, you know, on camera, she has that magnificent long dress. It was just hilarious to see the magic behind the camera. And that's something that a lot of the people that you spoke to on this podcast that have been, have, have mentioned um, just the sort of behind the scenes thing you don't see. Um, for example, when we had Danny in from Australia, not Danny in, we didn't have Danny on, we had Danny <laughs> on from Australia. Um, and she mentioned that she was in uh, Tel Aviv. Um, and when a Kate from Australia was on, mm. it was so funny watching her be wheeled in and have this sound tech with a, a microphone on a massive pole handed up to her <laughs> i'm sure that was quite something to see i mean whenever i first saw her staging i was i was shocked and then my second thought was i wonder what the behind the scenes of that looks like mm-hmm. there are videos online of it from like the live performance and it's as funny as as you can imagine yeah <laughs> now we usually like to end with a game okay. um we're going to end with Guess the Song. So what, what I'll do is I'll read out some lyrics from uh, songs from 2012. And you and Alex have to guess what song they're from. Okay. Sounds would you good. like to start or would you like Alex to start? We'll let Alex start. Okay. Alex, this one's for you. When the day becomes the night, you know that I think of you. And I cannot control my heart. It's crying for you. Loneliness is killing me. I'm helpless without your love. Knowing when you touch someone, I can't understand. That sounds like a really creepy poem. <laughs> um, I wouldn't necessarily know what song that is. Um, is that a translation or is it actually... It's actually... Uh, it's actually English lyrics. <laughs> that's even worse. <laughs> Because of how terrible the song is, I'm going to guess it's Engelbert Humperdinck. Oh, it's not. We're going to pass over to Zach. Ah, okay. Um, I'm going to hope that it's a non-qualifier. So we're going to go with Slovakia? It is not. You were both wrong. Uh, Do you want me to to give you you the answer? Yeah. It is a qualifier. Donnie uh, Montel? It's Donnie Montel, oh. yeah. Oh. oh, no. Yeah, this this confirms that Waiting for This Night That's is my better. favorite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, the next one is for Zach. Love the way you fill me up with life. Baby, we can break the speed of light. Nothing to fear when you are near. Just give me more. Ah, that is my queen Evie. With La La Love. 
It is. You're right. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad you, somebody got that one anyway. <laughs> so that's one point to Zach. This next one is for Alex. I'm a lonely sailor drinking the night away. My ship is made from hope. She's searching for your bay, but you don't care. Now, is this the one where they're playing with the bedsheets? I'm going to need a country. Turkey. It is. It's Turkey 2012. So it's one all. Alrighty. This last one goes to Zach. And if you get this, you win. Okay. Okay. Floodgates can't wait. Here she comes. (laughs) Shut them fast. Better shut them fast. Too late. (laughs) Swept away. Feel the rush after the fact. Oh, I feel like I should be jumping around whenever I say this, but I <laughs> Waterline by Jedward Ireland. It is Waterline by Jedward Ireland 2012. So with that, Zach wins. Well done, Zach. That was a <sighs> some of the when you when you read Eurovision lyrics aloud, aren't they terrible? It's yeah. It's something that you just have to uh, close your close your ears and your eyes to that part, and yeah. just and just love the experience. For me, I don't know which is my worst bit. With what looking was the UK worse or was Ireland worse? Because both of them were just bad, weren't they? Yet people voted for Jedward. They did, but they voted for the energy. They did. Engelbert they did. just did not bring the energy. That's the, what we were looking for. I think all of the points that he got were for the Catherine wheels in the background. Because mm-hmm. they brought we energy. Norway. <laughs> he um, did. I'm kind of sad Norway came last. That's that's a guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah, Norway, they were totally just copying um, Popular from the year before. Yeah. Oh, completely. No, that's it. When I saw this, when I watched the recap and saw the stage, I thought, "I'm expecting to hear a different song from you." But nope, it was that. Nope. <laughs> nope. Okay. With that, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, why not rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media at WT Where can we find you on social media, Alex and Zach? I'm Mr. Alex Ward on all socials. And I am at the Kitchen Gent on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Bradley G. Booth on all forms of social media. Thanks for listening. Hi, my name is Tade Freire, and I just wanted to say thank, thank you for listening. Thank you.